Boss Lady Conversations with Monica L. And Coach Kaya. Boss ladies are vulnerable, authentic, love, hopeful, abundant, respected. Boss ladies are you. Welcome back, boss ladies. I'm Monica L. I'm a boss educator, entrepreneur, self-published author, and poet. I believe all things are possible through synergy. My IG handle is at Monica L underscore writer. And I'm your girl, Coach Kaya. I'm a boss wife, mompreneur, sister, writer, and certified transformational coach. I help women reignite their dreams, access their power, and manifest the miracles that actually matter in real time. My IG handle is at I am Coach Kaya. And boss ladies, listeners, we are back with another episode of Boss Lady Conversations. Thank you to our friends for becoming listeners and supporting our episodes. We appreciate your support and positive feedback so much. Please tell someone who will tell someone to join us. This is a domestic and international movement, and there's room for your positive energy here. We appreciate our new followers in Australia, India, Poland, and Singapore. Please follow Boss Lady Conversations on IG at boss underscore lady underscore conversation. So we know how challenging it can be to start a business, especially if you don't have anyone that can mentor you or maybe no one in your family has been connected to starting a business. But despite all of that, it was still reported that 46% of Black small business owners are Black women. Also, in October of 2020, Forbes reported that Black women were among the fastest growing entrepreneurs. And I know that me and Monica L talk about this a lot, how important it is to have your freedom, how important it is to have multiple streams of income. So despite all of the setbacks that we've had of late, some of those businesses have been severely, severely affected by the pandemic. And many are still taking innovative approaches and finding ways to thrive while doing their best to make a huge impact. So you are in for a treat today. Today's show will provide you an opportunity to meet two queen boss ladies who are making a huge impact and making sweet treats in the process. In today's show, we are so honored to be joined by Jovan and Tisa, the owner of Brookies. It is not often that someone can say a bad breakup leads to creating and launching a new profitable business that lands them on Shark Tank, but Milk and Brookies owner Javon English certainly can. Javon was craving something sweet post-breakup, but couldn't decide between a cookie and a brownie. Then the one-of-a-kind brownie cookie combination was born. By day, Javon works with a nonprofit organization that supports homelessness and mental illness. And by night, she is the owner of the Los Angeles-based Milk and Brookies, which was launched in 2014 with her amazing partners, Tisa Smart Washington, Naima Harris, and Marcus Brooks. They are proven that teamwork makes the dream work and turns something profitable and delicious. Now, boss ladies, please join me and Coach Kaya with a warm welcome of Javon and Tisa to Boss Lady Conversations. So let's get right into it. You both are determined entrepreneurs. Please tell our listeners about your individual journey to creating Brookies. 
Well, I'll definitely start because it started with my heartbreak. So I was ending a relationship and needed to focus my energy on something completely different and other than the guy, right? So, I mean, what do you do first? You cry, then you kind of feed the whole heartbreak. And so for me, growing up, I've always loved brownies. I've always loved cookies. I remember us baking when we were kids, but I don't know how to like bake enough for one cookie or one brownie. And then I don't know how to stop going back to the pan once the brownies are made, right? So what I do know is that I can only eat one cupcake. So I made it in the shape of a cupcake. It was kind of like, you know, a thick girl's portion control and it totally worked out for me. And so <laughs> that's what we did. It was my focus. It was like laser focus so that I would not go back to a situation that I shouldn't have been in. Not that it really worked to prevent me from going back because I did go back, but now I'm not. And <laughs> we are flourishing now even more than ever before. That's amazing. And we truly appreciate, you know, just your openness because we've all been there and, and you did not lie about that pan and going back to the pan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And so, th so the way that I got involved, I am um, jo Jovan's wiser Older. cousin, I would say. Older. Wiser. <laughs> Older. <laughs> cousin. And I live on the other side of the United States. So she's in LA and I'm in Atlanta. And she posted a picture of the brookie on Instagram. And like the good cousin that I am, I liked the picture first. And then I called her and said, what is that? <laughs> And she said, oh, it's a brookie. I've just been making these. I said, ma'am, you can sell those on the picture alone. <laughs> and that's um, exactly so, what she said. Yeah, absolutely. And so I decided that I was just going to help her any way that I could. My ministry is all things marketing, graphic design, that sort of thing. While you don't want me in the kitchen, you can have <laughs> me uh, do some good work behind the computer screen for you. So I decided that I would help develop the logo and put our stationery together and those business foundational things that you need. And because that's my area, I, I said, let, let me contribute to the business this way. Let me support you in this way. And that's how I got involved with Milk and Brookies. She really minimizes her role and her contribution 100% of the time. So not only did she, was she instrumental in the design of the logo and the simplicity of it, like Milk milk plus brookie, milk and brookies, milk brownie cookie, right? But she made the website. Like, I don't even know why she tries to play herself and make like, she, like, if it weren't for Tisa, we would have never been on Shark Tank. Like, I don't care. I'll brag on her all day because she tends to forget. And I'm here as her reminder. So she made it happen when I, because like, that's her thing. It is absolutely not my thing at all. Like, and she's right. She needs to stay out of the kitchen. Like, <laughs> but, but so everybody knows their lane. And so that's what she does. And she does it well. And without her, I would, I would not know. I mean, so things like the inner workings of the website, like how our website connects to like a shipping thing so that we can keep track of the orders. I didn't know anything about that and had no, didn't even realize that that existed. So she downplays her role, but she is an integral part of making us happen. I, and I don't really think that it's as much as I, that I downplay it as, as much as your supporting vision that you totally believe in, that you recognize that it is bigger than the piece that you contribute. 
And so when I say my little piece, it's because I recognize how huge of a business this can be, how huge of a movement this can be, how our little bakery, before our little bakery made it onto Shark Tank, you didn't see Brookies in the store. Now, cookie companies have Brookies. Papa John's had Brookies after we were on Shark Tank. You know, so, so I recognize that it is bigger than my individual contribution. And so I don't want to minimize what I do as much as I want Jojo Javon to really understand that this is a million dollar idea, you know, Absolutely. And, and, and if I can help bring that to life, I want to do that. But I recognize that it is a lot bigger than me. Wow. wow. <laughs> I have chills right now because just seeing the love between you two and like the, no, I want to push you up. No, I want to push you up. That reminds me so much of me and Monica L. It just feels like we're all like sister soulmates up in here right now. Because it's like, you just want your sister to win because you know when she wins, you win and you are her and she is you and it's all interconnected. And so we just, we appreciate you sharing that because so many boss ladies are out here alone working on a railroad and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like that. And it should not be like that. And, and a lot of times you see not just women, just people a lot of times compete in areas that you don't have to. There is enough out here for all of us to do good work, to reach the masses. There's no one of us that can reach everyone. So sometimes instead of me throwing a, putting a bakery together and doing the same thing that Jovan is doing, let's work together because partners, there is power in partnership. Yeah. There is power in collaboration. Yeah, yes. and really to live that out and not just, it's just not, it's not a cliche. It's not a nice saying. It's a way that you can live your life each and every day to make an impact. It's exciting for me. Yes, we hear it. I mean, we hear the vibrations and everything. Yes, 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 and yes. I love all of it. Oh my gosh. I mean, again, sisterhood, that's what I hear, and partnering and supporting each other. So with that, please tell us, the boss ladies, how did you secure this opportunity on Shark Tank? How was that process? Okay, so I'll take that one. (laughs) Thank you. So when I was 38, I was inspired to put together a list of 40 things that I wanted to do before I turned 40. And so I had 40 things that I wanted to accomplish. And they were, you know, things that I had maybe never done before. Like like one was to get a sew-in weave. I had never had a sew-in at that point. And I didn't know if it was just something that I didn't do because I felt like it wasn't something that I did or if it was something that I tried and I didn't like it. So that was on there on the list. And Milk and Brookies on Shark Tank was on the list. So I had some BHAGs, some big, hairy, audacious goals, things I did not think would happen, but I put that on my list. And so the day I turned 39, I started to check off these things on my list. So because I'm in Atlanta and the rest of the team is in LA, I had been every week, I would look at the audition schedule for Shark Tank on the website. And they had auditions in New York and Miami. They never had an audition in LA. Finally, now I turned 39 in February. In March, April, there was a newspaper ad that came out that said that they were having auditions here. So I called JoJo and I said, let's just fill out the application because The worst that could happen is that they don't call us and we're not in any worse of a position than we're in right now. So I fill out the application. They said they would let everybody know by Friday and we didn't hear anything by Friday. So no harm, no foul. 
Sunday night, we get an email saying, hey, we want you to come audition tomorrow at 8 a.m. Now, I'll let JoJo pick up from here. Okay, so it was Sunday evening for her. It was 3 p.m. for me. And we look at the email and we are frantically searching flights for me to get out there. And we couldn't find anything that would allow me to get to Atlanta in enough time for us to get to the venue by 8 a.m. It just was not possible, right? And it was just like, initially it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? We get this opportunity and we can't take advantage of it. But like in our upbringing, we, we don't really know how, how to see something as not an opportunity. We just, you know, like when it feels like it's not, we just make it work. We create the opportunity for us to do whatever needs to be done, right? So whatever needed to be done at that moment, we were confident that it was going to get done just in that moment. We didn't know how, but we have iPhones and there is FaceTime. So literally I taught Tisa how to make a brookie via FaceTime. And so she made the brookie and she goes to her audition or whatever it is. Like she's always been super creative. So she, when we were younger, she would write these treatments for these rappers to do their videos. I don't even know what that means, but she would do that kind of thing. And it was called a treatment. I know that for sure. Right. So she would write all this stuff and, um, she would do whatever she needed to do. So I was completely confident that once she got in front of whoever she was going to get in front of, she was going to kill it. My only concern was what the brookie would taste like when she got in, because she does not belong in the kitchen. She. <laughs> I have grown since then, okay? I have grown. <laughs> but, um, and it came out wonderfully. Like she literally, I held up my phone to my stove and she said, move your, your rack here, put it on this amount of minutes. Like she walked me step-by-step step through the process. And so I show up at the audition by myself. She didn't, prior to that, she hadn't even tasted a brookie. No. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah. And so I, I show up at the audition by myself. We practiced the pitch on FaceTime a couple of times. And it ended up that Shark Tank had contracted with a company to increase minority participation in the audition process. So when I arrived, there were about 40 other Black-owned businesses that were a part of this pitch session. And um, we each had to pitch to either the casting director or his assistant. It just so happened in the rotation that I ended up pitching to the casting director. And the show, his office is around the corner from a restaurant that we had worked out a deal to have Milk and Brookies in. So he was familiar with the area. He, it, you know, just all things just came together. It was the scariest thing that I have ever done in my life. But, you know, clearly it worked out. Yes, favor, <laughs> favor and tenacity and determination. All of that was clearly That's, executed. Yeah. And you never had a brookie at that point. Wow. No. No. This is. But she's, but she I know knows that, that I can cook. cook. I know she can cook. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, they look amazing. So I knew they were going to taste even more amazing. <laughs> and fun fact, I'm not a big fan of brownies, but I can eat brookies all day. Something happens when that cookie merges with the brownie. It's just an indescribable feeling. And I think because the shape is a cupcake, the expectation is that it's going to taste like a cupcake. And so you can see the moment that somebody bites into that brookie and their whole, it just like blows it. If they were cartoon characters, you can see the moment when their head opens up and then just flowers and roses just shoot out the top like that, that moment of magic, you can see it on their face. 
you know, and I saw that in the casting director's face. And when I got back to the car, I called Jovan and I was like, yeah, we're moving yes. to the next level. Yes. We got Get it. Ticket. You we said, got it. Get your ticket. Yes. Get your ticket. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Wow. I, that's all I can say is wow. I mean, to never have tasted it, you made it, <laughs> like all of those things. That's a lot. So I guess the next obvious is, so how does it change your lives? Yeah, in a lot of ways. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it really depends on like if the show has recently aired, people might recognize us when we're out. So that's a little awkward because people want to hug you even before COVID and that's a little strange. But the experience in and of itself was absolutely phenomenal. It, it We were forced to delve deeper into something that we thought was like a hobby. I was getting over in a breakup. My mom is, or she was a nurse practitioner, midwife, she's retired. And so she would take them to her office and sell them to the pharmaceutical sales rep. My sister and I lived together. She had just had my niece and we were trying to figure out how to eliminate one of these bills. If we could eliminate a bill with a side hustle, then that's great. I mean, you know, that's what everybody wants to do. You want multiple streams of income. Yes. But it, it kind of starts with like, let me just knock one of these things off of my plate. Right. And so literally that's how it started. There was nothing in me that thought <laughs> that after we created this company in 2014, that by June of 2014, we would be filming a show that was on nationwide. Like it's insane. There was nothing that allowed me to really conceptualize that. So it was absolutely amazing. I mean, there were times where we did pop-ups when the show aired and we would just sit and feel it's like, okay, so this is it. There are some times where you could reflect and you could say, you know what, that was a life-changing moment. In that moment, we were able to recognize that it was life-changing. You get what I mean? Like, so it, that's very different from reflecting and saying, you know what, I might've played that a little different had I realized that that was life-changing. In that moment, we knew that it was life-changing. Literally, before we went out there to do our pitch to the sharks, because they don't know anything prior to you going out, we said a prayer and we said that our goal is to be aired. So getting a deal was not as important as being aired because the amount of advertising space that you get from being aired is astronomical, right? And so that's what we wanted to do because even prior to going out there, we recognized that this was, this was something big. And so it was awesome. It, even would, now, when I think about it, 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 it was an amazing experience. And I would say to add to what Jovan just said, you know, back in 2015 dollars, and you know, we're, we're about seven years out from that. But back in, in 2015 dollars, it equated to, appearing on Shark Tank equates to about $5 million in, in marketing dollars just appearing on the show. And one of the things that I wasn't on the show, and you know, we can talk about that a little bit later, but for the idea of just airing, just because you shoot your episode does not mean that your episode is going to air. I think that they told us about 45,000 people auditioned for the show and they air less, maybe about right at a hundred actually air. So the odds were truly against us. Those um, odds are just bleak. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So what did I learn from? I definitely learned the power of shooting your shot. A lot of times we talk ourselves out of opportunities. We'll say we're not ready. And even we'll joke now and we'll say we had no business going on Shark Tank. <laughs> That's still a fact. <laughs> like, what the hell? 
<laughs> but we no, did. No, you did. No, you <laughs> did. You were meant to be there. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. the one thing that we did vow at the beginning of the process was that, or that that I vowed at the beginning of the, of the process was that we were going to remain open to whatever would, would, would happen. A lot of times we set up these boundaries and we stop things from manifesting in our own lives. And we don't even recognize that we're doing it. And we're doing it out of fear. We're doing it out of all of these other things. And sometimes you have to say, we're going to see where this path takes us and really see where the path takes us and not try to manipulate the process along the way. And I think that because we had that thought going into it, it's kind of been like, okay, well, this is what happens next. You know, we didn't try to control what happens. We weren't defeated. Like, so on while we were filming, they offered us a hundred thousand, but that's not enough. I mean, you know, that ain't no money. So like we knew that we couldn't just stop working and exist. We had families and all this kind of stuff. Right. But we knew that the experience that we were standing in front of billionaires that were entrepreneurs that had a wealth of experience. When are we going to get that opportunity? And so many times you see people that are able to be on the show and the show airs and they are defeated because whatever they thought was a great idea, they're knocking it down in 2.5 seconds. And it's, you know, like the reality of it is that while these people are amazing and they have been amazingly successful, they are still people with opinions, just like all of us. And so their opinions, yes, they're weighted a little bit heavier, but you don't have to abide by their opinions if you don't want to. Now, if you decide that you don't want to after you appear on the show and then you go back and tweak it and then end up doing whatever they said and you see that that works, then that's a little different. But I see people crying on the show and there's no need. Like one of the things that I want to do, like Build-A-Bear, there's this place called Stack, I think is the name of the restaurant. And you could like stack your burger or your pizza with whatever you want and you're like, uh, you sit down at the restaurant and you literally move the items on the iPad and it builds it. And so I wanted build a rookie. They told us that that was not scalable so fast. And who cares? Let's probably before. So they told us they told us that on when we were filming. And by the time we got back to the hotel, we had already removed it from the website because who cares if it's not, you know, like what they said made sense. We didn't think about it that way prior, but when they expressed their concerns about the perishable items going bad and, and things scalable, it made a hundred, it made sense. So I wanted the whole website to be built on build a bear, build a brookie. And it, it didn't, it wasn't a good idea and that's okay. And I don't even think that the public really knows that because we never really talk about it, but that was an idea that I was totally married to that didn't even happen. And, and the thing about it, going back to what Jovan said about standing in front of the sharks, any one of us, I would pay $100 to sit in an auditorium of 5,000 other people to hear any one of the sharks share their knowledge with us. Jovan and Nye and Marcus got to spend an hour one-on-one with five at one time talking about our little bakery. That is beyond, you know, when they say this ticket costs $5, but this was priceless, that was priceless. And we learned a lot about business from going through the process of going on Shark Tank, even though we didn't get a deal on Shark Tank. I love it. So many gems. And thank you. I mean, what I heard was definitely being open and not blocking your own blessings. 
like you're right. So many times we tell ourselves no. And I'm also trying to get one bill out. <laughs> so let's get this other. Sometimes we like, we could just make enough to pay the cell phone bill, <laughs> right? We could just make enough to do this, the gas bill, but thinking big and then being open, saying that there are experts in this industry and we can receive information and we could tweak things or we could say, no, this is our lane and this is what we're going to continue to do. But at least having that knowledge and being in that space. I mean, all I hear is blessings and blessings. I'm so happy for you, ladies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thank you so much. And what I love is that you were so intentional. Like you talk about being intentional. We knew this. We were clear about this. When we went on, we had this intention. Like, how did you find the time to And You had to pitch. You had to make sure you were ready. You had to talk about financials. How did you find the time and the creative space to really set your intentions? I think that setting intentions is something that we've done forever. Like we don't operate and we never have operated from a place of fear, right? And so Tisha, Tisha mentioned this briefly, but like all they could do is tell us no. And then we will be right where we were prior to asking the question, but what if they say yes, right? So then we're a couple of steps ahead. So we have never ever in our entire existence operated from a place of fear. We just operate from a place of do. And then in terms of like finding the time like we, we, we are still black women who, who do what needs to be done. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like, it's like, if, if they say we got to do this, like, okay, we got to do it. And so that means that if we're, because we all have full-time jobs, Naima and Tisa and I are our mothers. So it's like, we, sometimes it meant talking on, you know, like our cause would be on the way to work. Like we just created the time and the space that was required to bring this to fruition. Right. So we recognize the value of it and the weight of it. And and we recognize that it's an opportunity that is not afforded to everyone. Right. So some things get a little bit of priority. We made sure that we had the time to do what needed to be done. And we also have this amazing supportive family. My mom, you know, like we just have this great supportive family. So in addition to to figuring it out and finding the time, we relied and we leaned on people and we recognized that it cannot be done by ourselves. We recognize the strength of everybody involved and we we utilize that strength to our advantage. Right. It's like people think that they have to do it alone. You do not. And it's not really possible for for you to do it alone. It may, maybe you're able to do it and you're like this wonder woman, right? But it would take you like five years to get something done when you can do it in one, as long as you have an army around you that you trust, that supports you, that can help you get to the next step. And don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that that's what we did. Now we did exist on a series of naps. We lost a lot of sleep, (laughs) but Anybody that starts a business, whether they're successful or not, realizes that it is a sacrifice. And and one of the biggest sacrifices is the sacrifice of time. And one of the things I would say that made it a little bit easier for us, which is not so much of an issue now because we've been through COVID. Back then, we're talking about 2015. We leaned on technology a lot in ways that is commonplace now, but was not necessarily commonplace then. Because I've always been on the other side of the United States. We did a lot of conference calls a lot of FaceTime calls, Skype. We we had figured out Skype at one point. That's, I'm dating myself a little bit. But before the Zoom and things that are commonplace where you may take a meeting a little bit later in the day or you may take a call while you're cooking dinner, we utilize technology to make, to help facilitate our pitch sessions, 
going over our numbers. If you go back in time and look at our chat, <laughs> they are from, we came up with code names because we didn't want anybody to know what we were doing. Email. So we he, we leaned on technology a lot before it was as accessible as it is now. So even for women out there that are, I love that that you guys are in different places because that would stop. When you talked about synergy at the beginning, a lot of that would not be possible just because there was no way for us to kind of connect the way that we're able to connect now. But the people who understand that you can connect this way in a very real, real way, I think are ahead of the game because now you have access to more talent, to more resources, to more, a larger network. If you don't resist this new normal, a lot of people want to get back to the way we used to do things. I think that we, we have to figure out a new normal and we can use that new normal to our advantage if you are tuned in and tapped in and really want to move in that space or move in that way. You're absolutely right, because we wouldn't even be able to have this boss lady conversation with the four of us <laughs> in this time if we were not in this space and didn't have this technology. Yes, you're absolutely right. And redefining what is normal, what's normal, what's wellness, what's safety, and how we need to operate moving forth. Yes, I love it. So Tisa, Jovan was telling us about how you've always had this innate sense of just let's go do it, like this motivation, this inner knowing how to make it happen. And so even as, as a little kid, you still had it. And so we just wanted to know what advice would you have to boss ladies of all ages about how to create a business or marketing their own brand or just how to start? You have to start. You know, Jovan likes to tell the story. We had a dance team. We had a dance group when we were younger. It was called the Elite Posse. And I thought it was a great idea for us to open up for the Arsenio Hall show. So when I was 12, I just called the Arsenio Hall show. Like, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know you guys supposed to call the Arsenio Hall show. And I called and I spoke to whoever answered the phone that day. And he gave me Rosie Perez's phone number. And he said to call her at this studio. And I called her and she talked to me like, and she said, well, if you can get here in an hour, I would love to work with you. Well, I was 12. I couldn't drive. Our mom was at work, you know, like <laughs> it never happened. But what I learned even then, even as a, as a preteen, that sometimes that naivete can work in your favor because you don't have all of the, the things in your head telling you that you, this is not the way it's supposed to be done. This is not what you should do. There was a commercial. It was, a, I think it was like for a, a creative program or something at one time. And the professor was talking to the students and he said, the benefit that you have is that you don't know how to do anything. That means that you also don't have any boundaries. You don't know what not to do. So go and do. The experience is a better teacher than any one of us. So getting out there, doing what you can do, experience will redirect your path. But a lot of times we just sit and we, we stew and we, we, what if our way out of what God can do in our lives, you know, you can't say that you trust a higher being and you like, let me share this story with you. So I was talking to my girlfriend and I was telling her that she said, well, when I expect something to taste a certain way, I get mad after I cook and it doesn't taste that way. And I said, see, that's the trick of the enemy. It's like our past experience, because all we have 
is to compare it to something that has already happened. And if we're believing something new in our lives, something that hasn't been done before, then we can't compare it to anything that we've ever experienced before. So we box ourselves in by saying, well, I expected, I wanted, it should have. And we have to get out of that space. We have to get out of that space where we just say, all I can do is take the next step that is in front of me. And whatever happens, I'll decide then what the next step will be after that. And, uh, and nine times out of 10, you find out that you end up in a space that's more amazing than you could have ever imagined for, your, for yourself. Because even your imagine, even your goals, your wants are still based on what you have already experienced. And there's so much out there that we, that we just don't know exists. I don't know. <laughs> you are preaching yeah. and speaking to ourselves. <laughs> and the thing, the thing that I just love about Jovan too is that we've always just trusted each other. That we may not get it or see it, but we know that we are always on the path of 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 right. And so, like, I know she won't lead me down the path of unrighteousness. So if she says, like, let's go and try, let's do it. All we can see is what, you know, what happened. Yeah. I love everything that you said. I mean, wow. Like, you're really just touching my soul right now. <laughs> she I is mean, absolutely amazing, right? She is. I mean, we're going into oh, a whole yeah. motivational speech. <laughs> I love it. I mean, just so many things you touched upon. You're right. We don't know what's out there. As a little girl, I thought I wanted this one salary and it sounded amazing. And then now it's like, oh, well, that don't buy you anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. That was a nice dream. But and then if you don't know how much things cost or how much people make in certain industries, you just know that, oh, my parents made this and this sounds good. And so you strive for that. And then you bump into somebody else and they're like something that's three times. And you're like, oh, is that a reality? I didn't even know people made that much. <laughs> and so, like you say, you don't know. And I can relate to that whole cooking, like Thanksgiving. I want my meal to taste the same way it tastes last year. And if it don't taste that way, then I feel a certain kind of way. But like you say, just be open. Be open that this is a new opportunity. This is a new dish. This is a new way you can make it. Just being open. And I think so many times we're not open and maybe it's just the psyche. And like you say, we have to retrain our minds and retrain how we think about tomorrow and the future. So thank you for that. So Javon, we have a question for you. Uh (laughs) For the boss ladies, yes. So what are three ways boss ladies can turn heartbreak into their next best chapter? Let's see. I think they need to focus on something that they're passionate about, right? I mean, because they have all these things about the best way to get over someone is to do other things. But one of the things that you should do is focus on something that you are passionate about that doesn't necessarily require external people, things, or places, right? Or money right? Because when I think about coping mechanisms, you want a coping mechanism that you can have that can be utilized 100% of the time, right? Also, look at the role that you played in everything, right? So when you look at the role that you played, it helps to, it allows you to prevent repeating the same mistakes multiple times, because I'm a firm believer in the notion that plans don't fail in the end, they fell in the beginning, right? So if I go into something using the experience and the lessons that I have of the past, I'm less likely to repeat something that wasn't beneficial to me in the future, right? And so even with that, it's about 
being honest with yourself, right? So I am a hopeful romantic and I have always loved the idea of being in a relationship and being married and yada, yada, yada. I've never been married or anything, right? But I, I've always, I was that cousin that just knew I would be married by such and such age and I would have twins and they would be Sydney and Aubrey or Sydney and Carter because their names are SC and, you know, like it would be, right? <laughs> it would, it was just going to be that. And, and that is not what it is. And it took me a long time to get comfortable with the notion of not being a wife and not that it will never happen, right? But it took me a long time to get, I, to get comfortable with that idea. Right. And the part that you have to be honest about is that when you're especially when in a relationship, when you're that type of person, relationship type of person, is that if the person that you are with or sitting next to or standing by is showing you things that are not in line with what your desires are, then you have to be honest enough with yourself to say, you know what? I see this, I see this early. Let me remove myself from the situation. Like now I'm very, very big on looking at things as they are, not as they should be, or as I wish them or will them to be. And being honest with myself about what that means and the role that I play in whatever situation I find myself in. So I think that when you get over a heartbreak, that's what you should do. You know, like you should be honest and keep it real and know that that's not the end of the world. And yes, it may hurt, but it would hurt 10 times more if it were five, 10 years later and you were still dealing with the situation. And one of the things that Tisa used to always say, I don't even know if she remembers this because, you know, she's a little older. So things tend to flip her mind. But one of the things that she always, always said to me is that when I'm happily married for 10, 20, 15 years, it won't matter that I wasn't married at the age that I thought that I would be married by. And so like, she's my cousin. So like she knows even before she probably saw I didn't need to be in that relationship before I was willing to admit that I didn't need to be in the relationship. Right. So she, I remember one time we were talking on the phone and she was like, I have never heard you cry this much in my whole life because she's my cousin. You know what I'm saying? So like, it was about having the conversation, the real conversations that you have with the real people that are, are not afraid to hurt your feelings because they know that sometimes in that hurt, that's how you heal, right? So it's about having those type of real life conversations and not being afraid and being honest with yourself because regardless of what you present to the outside world, what is truly happening, that's something that you and your partner only know. And if you know that this is not where you want to be, it is okay to step away and say, you know what, this ain't it. And that's a power that I believe that I gained from, from that relationship. You know, like I was really good from the relationship before that in saying that you may not agree with, with my decisions, but you will respect them. Right. So I, I could stand firm in that. I know how to do that. Right. But then it was about, okay, Jojo, like I realized that like, whereas relationships are private, right. And they should be between two people. I should not, not want to share with my family and my friends things because I'm embarrassed or because if I shared with them, they would be upset. Not just like, girl, he's tripping upset, but like really upset. Like, so there's a difference from being private and having a healthy relationship that's private and then in keeping a secret. And if it should be a secret, then it's not, it shouldn't have to be a secret. You get what I'm saying? And so that is, is, is very important 
to really realize and have to ask myself, is this a secret or is this just private? And so those are some of the lessons. Not only that I learned that I want to pass to my daughter, that I want to pass to my, Z- my niece Zeta, you know, like we are living, walking, breathing examples. And if, if it's not something that I would want my daughter to experience, it makes me step back because I can't model behavior that I do not want her to live. And that open communication, that's what I heard mm-hmm. in putting yourself first and being mm-hmm. honest with yourself. A lot of times we as women, we see the potential. Oh, girl. Right. So with boss ladies currently inspire you to greatness. <laughs> Good little segue. <laughs> I like tangible people, people that I could talk to and touch in and, and call at any time. And honestly, all jokes aside, Tisa is truly one of those. Like we grew up out here in LA. She went to my rival high school. I was a Saint, I'm a St. Mary's girl. She went to St. Michael's, doesn't even exist, whatever. But she is absolutely amazing like she's phenomenal in who she is and what she does and I don't think that I I tell her enough or that anybody tells her enough I think that a lot of the times um, we're, we're so busy living life and doing things that we forget and she is the queen of busy and so the way she's able to juggle being this amazing mom being a wife being a sister being a daughter being a tax commissioner, being a friend is absolutely phenomenal, you know? And it's like, and I know that I can call her for any reason at any time. And even if she is in the middle of something, I could just let her know that, okay, like I need a moment and that she will do whatever she, whatever it takes to give me that moment. But what's amazing to me, and I joke about her, but she just went to Harvard and further her education a little bit more, which is, is very proud. I'm very proud of that. But it's just, she, she continues to go and go and go and nonstop. She does whatever it is that she desires to do. And she has been that way from, I want to say for as long as we can remember. And she's kind of bossy. She doesn't see it as such, but like, even when I was 10, she would be doing my hair, putting all this makeup on me, telling me that we're going to go do this. But it's her leadership and her guidance that I value so much more now as an older person that's still the younger cousin that <laughs> I love and I appreciate. And thank you so much, Tisa, because you are absolutely phenomenal. And it, it is my pleasure being your cousin. Y'all gonna make us cry. You just keep going. Y'all gonna make us cry. She's about to make me cry. Girl, don't be on this thing crying now. I'm gonna call your mama. <laughs> that, that's so nice. And and I have to say, I've lived in Georgia for, for since I was 14. And Jovan and I, we have been close for a very long time. And you know, you you have people in your lives and, and you know about them, but you don't, you're not really connected to them in that way. And I think I I spent the night at her house when I was 12 and I didn't leave for two years. (laughs) And when my mother decided that we were going to move to Georgia, it was really devastating for me. One, because I didn't believe that she was going to do it because she had never visited Georgia before. And when I realized that she was serious about it is when the moving truck moved and, you know, pulled up into the front of our house. So that was like, I really had, like a week to kind of process through the fact that I was really leaving. And then I was really leaving Jovan. And now I am, I'll be 46 in February next month. 
and to know that we have spent the majority of our lives on on either sides of the United States and we are closer than than if we lived next door to each other is so amazing to me. We truly grew up together. And the one thing about that I love about Jovan, she doesn't speak a lot about the struggles that um, Milk and Brookies went through after appearing on Shark Tank because it's a bakery of four, which is really a bakery of three because I'm not there. She has a lot of support in LA. But within four hours of the show airing on Shark Tank, we had 600 orders. And it's not a manufacturing business. We couldn't just pick up the phone and, you know, up the order at the at the place that we outsource to. She makes these brookies by hand. And that the fact that she has been able to maintain through the heartbreak, through the changes, through the disappointments that come along with, yes, we've made it to the largest stage and, oh no, we're not really, we don't have the capacity to manage this. So we have to kind of figure it out. We're building the plane as we're flying it. Through all of that, that she's been able to really maintain this business is amazing to me. It is. And, and she'll, you know, she'll, she'll play downplay herself, you know, salutatorian of her class at St. That other school, I won't even say the name. (laughs) She's super smart. She's super smart, super generous, and just, just a bomb and boss businesswoman (laughs) in her all right and it's just amazing you know when you see your little cousin grow up and blossom it is an amazing thing to see and I get to see it every day over and over again in different areas of her life I've seen her blossom as a mom I've seen her blossom as a partner I've seen her blossom as a businesswoman I've seen her blossom you know, even in her everyday job working at her nonprofit, I've seen her blossom in those roles. And it's just been an amazing thing to see. It just makes me proud. Like, that's my little cousin. I love that. I'm going to call you my little, little cousin. That's the only time I'm going to call you my little cousin. <laughs> my God, you ladies are amazing. I mean, this is really amazing. Again, this is the first time we had two guests and just the love that's flowing. I mean, it. this is truly amazing. And so many similarities as well. I moved to California when I was 12 and there was no pre-warning. It was just my mom like we moving to California. There was nobody here. And yeah. So yeah, I, I feel you on that. You're like, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm 12. I don't have a say so. Just, you know, your mama moving, you moving. Right. So yes, yes. But I so much love everything that you said. I mean, like you say, just the strength. And the blessing, but then the other side of the blessing. And no one talks about that. 600 orders. Yes, that sounds amazing. Most people just think about the money. But like you say, someone personally has to now go make these orders and fulfill them and get them out. Yes, yes, and yes. Just true blessings. And yes, we are going to shout out USC. Yes, fellow Trojan. Yes, yes, yes. I love Don't it. Don't forget CAU. Don't forget CAU now. Right, right, right. Okay, shout out everybody. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we represent everybody. Ivy League. Yes. yes. Sterling yes. Black Both Colleges. ladies are everywhere. Yes, okay? we, we everywhere. are. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So you're clearly amazing manifestors, big dreamers, and we know that this is just the beginning. That's the, that's the most amazing part. All of this, you've already accomplished so much, and this is still just the very beginning of the journey. So we just want to know, like, where do you see yourselves in your business, like in the next five years? Well, I was just talking to Jovan about this. One of the things that I have talked about for a long time 
even before I think we made it onto Shark Tank that I wanted to open a franchise or um, a milk and brookies here in Atlanta. There is the um, there's the market is here. I think that we will do wonderfully here, um, but it's just me, you know. And um, but one of the things that I I told her that you know for 2020 I felt like I was in a cocoon. Like I, I was kind of hibernating all of 2020. You know, how at the beginning of the year, you're like, let me get back into the swing of things. I don't feel like I ever got back, uh, not 2020 for 2021. I don't think I ever got back into the swing of things in 2021. I felt like I was always in this kind of, I'm getting ready, I'm preparing for something mode. But that space allowed me to purge a lot of things for me to refocus. And, and, I, and I told her just this today that, the things that I know that keep coming back in my life, coming back up in my life that have not died away or died down or, you know, I forgot about it. Those are the things that I'm really focusing on. And this whole idea of Milk and Brookies East, I think that I would like to see that come to fruition. I really think that that we could probably franchise Milk and Brookies across the United States, that it w- it's, it's definitely that type of product that we could we could roll it out in cities all across the United States. I didn't share that with JoJo, but yeah. Like, I'm thinking big like that. From go big or go home. Yeah. yeah. I definitely want to do more of the things that have come out of Milk and Brookies just as an aside, like we weren't expecting. Like we've done a lot of articles. We've been featured in a lot of different articles. TC and I in particular really love speaking engagements. So I would love to do more speaking engagements. I think that, um, and she mentioned it also, we are very big on representation. And so I think that we should do more of that because yes, sweets are great. I love brookies, obviously, but I think that we should do a lot more of the things that Milk and Brookies affords us to be able to do. Right. Because I think that there is so much power in doing that. Like we, I don't know, it just, it just brings about so much. Both of us, well, my daughter and her son, they have, as a result of us doing all of this, have desires and have already begun their own entrepreneurial journey. So that's great. You know, so maybe some more collaborations with other companies that don't have the footprint that we have, not that our footprint is astronomical, but you reach back and you give back. So I definitely want to do more of that because I think that is also very, very important. And I just want to keep on going. You know, there are not a lot of food service businesses or restaurant type businesses that have this long lasting life within entrepreneurship. And so I'm very proud that we're able to keep going. And and we've been through a lot in this short period of time. So I am definitely excited about that. Love it. And so for our boss ladies, are there any events that's coming up or how they can connect with you? Well, Valentine's Day is definitely coming up. So we can always connect with Valentine's Day because what a brookie does is that it says, I love you. It says, I'm sorry. It says, thank you. A brookie says all of those things at one time. So Valentine's Day is a great opportunity to do that. Valentine's Day, um, Galentine's Day is a huge thing now where you celebrate your girls and your friends and all that good stuff. So those are absolute opportunities that they can connect with us. As COVID starts to wane its way out, we want to do more pop-ups. And so anytime we do pop-ups, they'll be featured on our social media, but we want to do places. So like we're talking about, uh, she calls it Milk and Brookies cheese. She says it all of the time, right? But 
So while we're talking about Milk and Brookies East, I would love to do a full service pop-up like we would do in LA and Atlanta. My family is actually from Brooklyn. So I would love to go to the East Coast. I have cousins in Jersey and all that good stuff. So definitely do something like that because we haven't been able to really touch that population to really see them. And it's really, really fun when we get to get out and see our Brookie monsters. That's what we call the people that uh, love Brookies because it's exciting for them too. And so for us, Shark Tank was this experience to help propel our business and all that kind of stuff. But to the people that we meet when we're out and about, they're excited to meet somebody that was on Shark Tank. And so it's kind of funny to us because we're just regular old people that it's just funny to us. But I would love to get out there and do more of that because that can be the thing that motivates someone to take the leap. And so if if we could be a part of that, if we could be a part of encouraging somebody to live out their passion or fulfill their dream or desire, then by all means, I want to do that. Love it. (laughs) Do you prefer people reach out to you on Instagram or any other social media? We have an Instagram. It's milk underscore and underscore brookies. We just stepped into as milk as a brand. We just stepped into TikTok. So we're, we're looking for ideas on how to make way on that platform or just follow people. But, and I'm kind of active on social media just in general. So, you know, my name is Tisa Smart Washington. And so if you follow me on social, you can follow me on social media. We talk about Mook and Brookies there as well. And it's the Smart Washington on all the platforms on the Smart Washington. So. Wonderful. And we'll be sure to include any of your handles in our show notes and on social media. So we wanted to just recap. You ladies have just been so open, so authentic, so powerful, so motivational, all of that and more. And so we just want to make sure that we leave the boss ladies with a recap. So number one, a heartbreak can lead to the greatest invention of your life and lead you to your highest dreams. There is power in partnership. Being a mom with a full-time job does not limit you as long as you have boundaries and you are ready to go after your dreams. Focus on what you're passionate about. Find something that you love to do and share that with the world. Be honest enough with yourself to see things as they are and be willing to move forward. When you get your dream, it won't matter that it didn't come within the time frame you thought it would. Know your support system and utilize them until you are able to hire a team, a larger team, and you'll grow. Create your opportunity and instead of finding reasons it won't work, make sure that it does work. And of course, support Brookies by placing your order today at milkandbrookies.com. That's M-I-L-K-A-N-D-B-R-O-O-K-I-E-S.com. And support these beautiful ladies because they are out here making amazing things happen and they also want to connect with you. And thank you so much for joining us today. We have learned a lot about bossing up after a breakup. Please support our amazing guests and creators of Brookies. And remember to tell a friend and follow us on Instagram at boss underscore lady underscore conversations. Thank you so much. We had so much fun today. We appreciate (laughs) you. We did. Thank you. We had a ball. If you haven't already done so, please follow us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And you'll be notified whenever we post a new Boss Lady Conversation episode. You are who you say you are. 
You're destined for great things. Your life matters each and every day. Now go get your blessings, boss ladies.